It's 2021, and the high school hockey season is about to begin. Teams will be hitting the ice on Monday, January 4th for practice slash tryouts. And then games will begin on the 14th of January. Schedules look real good across the board, and we have plenty of those coming up for you on the MNHockey.tv. And, of course, we now get into our run of Goldies podcasts, and one of my favorite guests of all time, the man, Sean Goldsworthy, is very knowledgeable, great coach. He's been around and uh, a really good voice for high school hockey. Sean, you've had some time off. We're back and ready to go. Are you raring to go? How are you feeling? Well, yeah. I mean, I think we've all been patiently waiting for something, uh, you know, to get a firm date. I think the kids have been really resilient. And uh, overall, I think everybody's excited to get started here in a couple of days. And you mentioned resiliency on the kids. Have you uh, been in much contact with them at all? And if so, uh, what's the vibe you're getting? Are, 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 even though the season looks a little bit different, there might not be a, a winter tournament or whatever it is in the middle of what we would have had a week ago. But, I mean, do you feel like they're as engaged and ready to go for this year as any other year? I do. I, you know, obviously we had the opportunity to have our summer uh, normal program go through, and then, as you know, the fall clinics, uh, captain's practices, along with all the AAA and Tier 1 and, and Elite League all rumbled through the fall. So, you know, the kids had normal preparation up to that point, and then when we got to November, I think, uh, you know, the kids took it in stride. You know, we, we were able to continue our, our, uh, our Zoom meetings, uh, so we were able to stay at least in contact with the kids and make sure that they know that they have an outlet and, and some type of development. We weren't, you know, specifically talking systems or anything, but we were just talking about kind of our overall culture and, and how we handle things and, you know, a little bit of positional work with our coaching staff. But they've been really resilient. The kids, I, I think people that are doing a lot of complaining and doing a lot of, um, you know, wringing of their hands about the decision-making and all this stuff. And the reality of it is that the kids have been awesome. Uh, they really have, I think, if uh, a lot of the adults would just take the lead of some of these kids and, and how they've been resilient and wanting to start on time, but be, being respectful of the delay. Uh, I think uh, we could go a long ways on that too. I've said it a multitude of times that uh, I've been nothing but impressed with these kids. You know, you go, you reach back into the spring and there was a whole senior class that didn't get to play any of the spring sports. And then uh, into the summer, it was really difficult and sort of washed and, you know, you didn't see a lot of uh, whining and crying about it, just uh, saying it is what it is and moving forward. And uh, I think it's been really impressive. I'm really looking forward to uh, what the season's going to uh, bring for everybody. And as we we transition into your team, uh, you've got some really nice returning players, a uh, nice hockey club there. You guys are certainly in the uh, thick of things once again, as you always are. Can you classify this team? What What are we going to expect to see out of the Skippers this year? Yeah, this group of kids... If I had to take a look, good overall look at them, they just play really well together. They really enjoy playing together. There's a genuine brotherhood with these kids. Uh, they've always, uh, in the last you know three years that we've seen them, have uh, jumped onto a role on the team early, and I think that's going to really pave uh, well for us at the start. Uh, most of these kids kind of know their value and how they bring, what they bring to the table for the overall team. Uh, these kids, um, like I said, work well together. They worked really well together the last two years. Some of them were on varsity, some were on JV. They worked really well in JV. And then back in the day when they were in Bantams, they had a really good run. I think they took third. So, uh, you know, this group of kids is deep. Uh, we're going to have a big senior class. Uh, they work well together. They're really fun to coach. <laughs> so this is going to be a year. I, I think these 
these kids, specifically the senior class, is a breath of fresh air considering the year that we're under. Uh, they're fun to be around. Like, they bring energy. And I know our staff is super excited to be with them. Do you think this team's going to have uh, more of an offensive flair or be more of a, a defensive squad or maybe, you know, transition to offense? Where, 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 do, you, where do you see this team being having its strengths in all three zones? I think we're pretty balanced uh, from what I can tell. We're going to be deep. Uh, I think we've been deep the last couple of years. Last year we weren't as deep as we historically have been the previous two years, but I think we're going to look a little bit more like our second year when our staff was together. We were really deep. We were really balanced. Uh, we came at you in waves really solid defensively. I think uh, the way I look at our roster right now, we have at least eight defensemen that can play varsity minutes right now. So that's going to bode well for us. And, and then our goaltending balance, we have, you know, really, uh, I think we have actually – three goaltenders that could give us some solid minutes if, if need be. So, you know, we're, we're going to be balanced. Our kids are in, in a year where, you know, starting a little bit on the delay and, and maybe the kids' cardios are going to be off a little bit from what I've seen in some other hockey. And, you know, when I watch the NHL in the bubble, the teams that were balanced and could roll three, four lines early, uh, you know, had, had an advantage because, uh, you know, not everybody's in game shape and we're going to jump right into it. So, I think that would be the thing I would tell you. We have a couple high-end players that can can put you know points on the board, but I, I think a lot of the other teams that we're competing against have the same. So you know, I think what's going to bode well for Minnetonka is our depth. You know, the interesting thing too is is health and injuries. And I remember last year, if I remember correctly, your team and a number of teams had players that were dinged up from the Upper Midwest High School Elite League, some AAA things that other guys were playing or whatever they were doing. And uh, there were a lot of lot of teams that started seasons with guys on the shelf. There's been a bit of a pause and a break, as we know. I mean, I, I'm assuming that coming into this, you've got rested and healthy players, not just the skippers, but everybody else. Yeah, yeah. You know, as much as I love, you know, the Elite League and love, the, you know, the AAA and the Minnesota Tier 1 model in the fall, it does so much for Minnesota hockey. But uh, if you talk to most of the coaches that have, you know, the majority of their players in those uh, leagues, uh, you come in a little tired and nicked up and injured. And last year was really the first year I experienced that. Uh, you know, the previous two years we were healthy uh, coming in. But, uh, you know, last year, you know, starting, I think we started one and five, uh, we, we had some key guys injured and out and not able to accept. So it took us a while to get to our roles. Uh, we had guys kind of in some spots that were probably a little too much for them too early. And then once we got settled after about game six, I thought we made a really good run. Um, but at the end of the day, everybody's on the same boat. <clears throat> you know, I think it, it, the start, the early start's going to pay well to the kids that have been able to get on the ice. I know that's been a challenge for a lot of programs, but, you know, uh, getting some ice thing together, uh, keeping your program uh, unified, I think is kind of a, a big piece to starting early on the 14th. And then as far as in-game, without really bands and fans and, and things like that, it must really actually help for communication. I mean, because you have a little more. I mean, there's a natural uh, uh, ambient sound of what the game provides, but I think from, from just an overall bench and, and the things you're doing, your communication, but now you're going to have to kind of keep it down a little bit because those guys can hear you as well, I'm sure. Is that anything that you've thought about? Yeah, you know, we saw it uh, this, this, you know, this fall a little bit when you'd watch some of the teams in, in Tier 1 or in the Elite League, and, and it was quiet. It, you know, it felt different. So I think a lot of your energy uh, has to come internally. 
I think, uh, you know, you do feed off of, you know, potentially a home game and potentially some crowd and, and big games. But the reality is uh, you need kids that are into it, that are, you know, have some juice and some jam and want to be there and be loud and, and, and bring some energy internally. I think that's going to be a big part of it. I really do. This age group, uh, historically, from the difference from college to high school, in my opinion, is, you know, it, it, it kind of goes in waves. You know, you have you have moments and, you know, the game has its ups and downs. There's not as much, uh, you know, simplicity to the game and consistency. So energy, emotions, momentum, uh, all play a big part of, of high school hockey. So that'll be a big part of it. I know we have a lot of kids. I, I've kind of overlooked it already because we just have a lot of kids that are uh, have that energy already internally. Uh, and our bench, uh, I think, will be fine. Well, and then having been a college coach, you 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 look at players, and you kind of, to a degree, work in the world of projection. I mean, you know, you see a kid here today, but maybe he's two, you know, one, two, three years away from actually getting to you at the collegiate mar- uh, level. And so, so next level coaches and scouts are always looking at that compete level and and projecting where these players will go. And I think this would be a really really nice gauge for them to see. Who has that ability? Who has that ability to deride or you know deliver energy uh, on their own and not need uh, external sources? So I think that could be a really good thing for the next level uh, scouts and coaches. Oh yeah, you know a lot of those guys, and I was on the other side of the fence, so I understand what they're looking for. You know that extended compete is really important uh, for these kids. It's, you know I think a lot of the the higher end players in Minnesota or even in our little window here on the Western side, you know, they're skilled. We have really skilled players. We have kids that can get up and down. Their skill sets are very high for their age window. Uh, but what, it, the reality is, can you consistently do it? So uh, consistency is the key. When they jump up from high school and they go into the, you know, whether it's the North American League or the USHL and then move on to a college, uh, you know, they got to be able to put forth that effort and extend a compete shift to shift to shift. Because when you get to high school, we get out of high school and then a junior in college, you know, most of the games are two to two. And, you know, they're, they're one goal games. So, you know, a bad shift, one one or two a period can really hurt you, hurt you going forward. So I know those coaches look for that. I know that's a big thing that we preach, you know, short shifts. We, we preach extended compete, you know, playing a full period. Uh, I think that's important for these kids to learn before they step out of our, our little uh, development window. And then when we look at your schedule, you've got a really, really nice schedule. 12 home games out of the 18. It's a reduced schedule, obviously, for those that are just checking in on the scene here from 25 to 18, but it's really in a nice window here from the 14th of January to about the middle of February with playoffs beginning after. But uh, you open with Jefferson on the 14th, but you uh, play Edina three times this year, Wyzetta three times, but then you welcome in three out of uh, uh, Metro teams in uh, Oatana, Duluth East, and Moorhead. Really nice schedule you have uh, hooked up here, and you would never know uh, we are in the midst of issues with scheduling, and you guys uh, have done a heck of a job putting together a schedule. Can you talk on what you got going there for your schedule this year? Well, sure. First thing is the scheduling this year was as complicated and difficult as, as I've ever been a part of at any level. You know, it kept changing every two or three weeks and hearing different, uh, you know, restrictions. And so, so some weeks decided to go internal and just stay there. So you had to, you know, you lost some non-conference games right away. And then others, you had some distance traveling where it was acceptable. So we took the stance, uh, you know, we were going to honor our conference games first and foremost. 
and I think most people did that across the state. And then from there, we wanted to honor anybody that we had a contract with. So, you know, we you know, we wanted to make sure we gave, you know, teams like the Lutheans, Moorhead, enough time to, you know, find a date that fit us, uh, fit each other, and then we're able to get down here. So, uh, you know, you do have to keep a couple dates open late in the March when you have those three-game windows uh, in case something gets bumped. Uh, but we're, we were pleased with what happened. We were able to kind of keep keep the teams that we felt you know we, we should keep we i think we have a good balance um obviously you know the late conference you know we, we're kind of picking up right in the middle of january where that's kind of the heart of our late conference schedule so you know we're going to see a heavy influx of edina was that even prairie you know st michael buffalo our our our, our late conference teams are going to get after it you know a little bit earlier than normal uh, you know, you might have a one or two non-conference windows before you start playing each other. So that, that'll be interesting. Um, the teams that get to an early start, uh, figuring out their special teams, figuring out their balance, their, you know, kind of their chemistry, I think will have a huge advantage. That's what I've seen when, you know, the NHL got going in their bubble. And then when I've seen it with, you know, the NCHE when they had their bubble down in Omaha. And, and even when you watch the World Juniors, the teams that kind of got to their game early, uh, whatever style they yep. play well whoever got to their game early benefited uh and i think uh that's going to be a big part of what happens in january i think people need to not overreact on who, who's really good in january i think the majority of the kids are going to need a you know four or five weeks to kind of hit their stride and get going uh and then you'll you know probably by the end of february you'll start to see who kind of comes out of the pack so for the fans of the game don't rush to judgment in the first month you can't really start thinking about where these teams are going to fit in till middle of February and I think the world that high school hockey lives in it's great because people love it and they you know try to project and fans do uh it's just a different vibe and feel to start with that it's gonna it'd be like zero to a hundred in five seconds and so it's for some teams it's going to yeah. take a little longer you know when you look into the playoffs um looks like what the the, the sections will consist of top seeds or the home teams there's no Mariucci's or anything like that correct well, we're still waiting to hear back on official notice from the high school league. And, you know, I think they've been in really good communication with the high school coaches. And, you know, shout out to Mike McMillan and John Ammerman at Moorhead. Uh, you know, Mike Taylor, uh, formerly at Egan, he's still taking on a huge role. This year has been unprecedented. So, you know, we're, we're still waiting on final decisions on what a game day is going to look like. And we're still waiting to, you know, hear about what dates are going to be going on with with sectionals and, and potentially state, you know, the girls and the boys are both starting on the same time frame. So, you know, venues are going to be different. Uh, you know, potential dates, uh, normal dates are going to be a little different. Everyone's just going to have to flex and be patient. Uh, I don't think in at, at no point is anybody going to be at risk. At no point is anybody going to be in danger, you know, safety issues regarding, you know, two games in one day, that type of issue. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, the playoffs, the, the fact that we're going to have playoffs, the fact that we're going to move forward with it, that's great to hear. And I think that's what the kids really wanted to do. The kids were really concerned that they wanted to have a full season. It could be shortened. They, they weren't too upset about losing some games, but they just wanted a final game. They, they, they wanted a, a complete tournament. They wanted to have sections. That, you know, you'd be shocked. You talk to the kids. They want to have that. They just don't want to have kind of a round robin experience and then be done with it. So, well, definitely. Uh, definitely. Yeah, so, but it's, it's, un, it's unprecedented. And, and, you know, for people that are, 
upset or people that are, you know, there's a lot that goes into this. And, you know, the Minnesota Department of Health is in contact with the high school league, Minnesota hockey. There's just a lot of moving parts and dynamics. And I think for the most part, the people that I've been in contact with want to have a season. They want to have a complete season with a tournament. They want to make sure the kids are okay. But, you know, in the same part, we got to be respectful of everybody. So, um, but having a state tournament is going to be great. How it, where, when it extends into potentially the first week in April, you know, that's new. That's going to be new. So, uh, you know, here we go. It's unprecedented, but we're going to do it. And you know what? It's the nature of the beast. It's where we are, and uh, everything's new, and, and things are different. And I think the most important thing uh, to keep in mind for everybody is uh, you mentioned the Minnesota Department of Health, and there's a lot of moving parts. Regardless of whether you agree or disagree with what's being executed for the games to be played, I think it's very important for everybody follow the rules, do what do what's asked, and you have a bigger chance, a better success rate of having those sections and having a potential state tournament and letting that play out. But if people start going rogue and freelancing, that doesn't seem to bode well with how things will shake down. And I, I think you and I kind of spoke off air about it's important to follow those protocols. And, uh, you know, it, it's it, questioning it's not going to fix it. So you just follow it and you got to do it, yeah. right? I mean, that's how I see it. So Yeah, I think I think you touched on something that's really important and, and it kind of dominated our LA conference uh, Zoom meeting the other day, you know, and, and Mike Grant let it. He's our hockey liaison and, and, and Mike was really clear, like, hey, listen, you know, we're in this together. And not only as a conference, but as in high school hockey, if we all kind of adhere to what the restrictions are, guidelines are, how we're going to do this, what's the protocol for our conference games, our home games, it'll ensure that we have a season. But if, if we start branching off and doing stuff a little bit differently so we feel like we can get an advantage, whether it's extra ice time or whether it's extra games or scrimmages or whatever, we're only putting everybody's season at risk. So if we're really committed to the process of having a season for all the kids on your schedule or, you know, you got to look a little bit beyond your own length of your arm. you got to start looking at, yeah. okay, how I operate at Minnetonka is going to definitely impact, you know, Kurt Giles and his program at Edina. You know, we're playing three times this year, Pat O'Leary and at Wazetta. We're going to play each other three times each. How we handle this thing, we cannot get off track because – how we do things at Minnetonka is going to directly impact you down in Wyzetta, Eden Prairie, and our whole league. So, you know, we really want to be respectful of everybody. We want to make sure that we all have a season. And I think if we do, I, I don't see any reason why we're not going to have a great season. You know, we're not going to look back at this as, well, this is this season's got an asterisk to it. No, this is going to be a great season. You know, we're going to have a full season. The kids are going to have a full, you know, state tournament window. And we're going to celebrate high school hockey like we always do. I think that's the focus point at least from the guys I've talked to, and hopefully it'll stay that way. And that's all we can ask. So uh, we're going to be back at it. I think yours and my next podcast, we've done enough preview stuff. We're going we're gonna to kick one back in when the season's actually started. We can talk about what's going on on the ice. I'm looking forward to doing it. Yeah. I can't wait to call your games. It's going to be a blast from the Pagel uh, Activity Center. And for those that are listening, we're going to have all varsity home games will be online as they usually are, and you can get those at the mnhockey.tv. And then we're going to have JV games. All those games will stream as well with some select ones. We'll have the play-by-play uh, -play working too as well. So uh, hopefully everybody yeah. enjoys what we're, we're providing there for everybody. So that's been great. You know, we're really fortunate at, at uh, Minnetonka and Pagel where, we, you know, we got ahead of the game a little bit and we wanted to make sure that, you know, grandma and grandpa and, and parents and if we want to you know, two spectators or even one spectator that we can get everybody to watch, watch the kids and have them at, you know, 
the opportunity to watch the season and so that's going to be great. I know you guys call them and do an awesome job, and, and I know most of the teams we play in the non-conference have the same same uh, situation. So this will be this will be a fun year. I know uh, it's it, the one thing I've learned in the last six months is you got to be flexible. Uh, you got to be able to adjust. Um, the other thing is you're starting to see some really creative minds come come together to to make it work. And you know sometimes uh, necessity creates new opportunities, right? So. Uh, whether we find out this to be better or not, I don't know. Um, but we're going to figure it out, and people are going to adjust, and the kids are going to start on Monday. I'm super excited to see them. I know the kids are. Um, they're all zoomed out. You know, these kids are done with online. They're done with virtual. Uh, we got to get back in school, and, and hopefully getting the season started will be the first thing that kind of gets back to normal for them. Well, and if, as long as the kids are smiling, we're smiling. That's the name of the game. That's because right. it's That's just right. a game, and we got to put that in perspective. Uh, Sean, appreciate everything. Uh, Goldie's podcast. It feels so good to say that again. And let's roll, man. We're gonna have some fun. Okay. All Thanks, right. Legs. Thanks, okay. buddy. Take For care. sure. So long, everybody.